0: We thank you for the plans and purposes that you have for us, and we just ask that you would do great work in our lives today in this season. So, in Jesus' name, amen. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you guys about some things. I'm going to bring some people who I believe have some expertise in some things and have them to, I'm going to ask them some questions or some things that I think will help you. So, the first scripture that I want us to look at um, is Joshua 1. And I want to start with verse 5. We don't always start with verse 5. But I think it's really important for you if you're going to be successful in life, you need to know that success leaves clues. And so um, some of you... Um, have never had the privilege to come to one of my events you should come to the next one it'll change your life Um, but I talk a lot about living your dreams and how there are some things that you need in order to live your dreams and these things actually come from the word of God well so in Joshua 1 and 5 it says there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life And I really love this because it talks about how when we live in purpose, he's giving Joshua this word up front. And he's saying, hey, don't be moved when stuff stands in front of you. Because I've already told you that when you're doing what I'm telling you to do, nothing that's standing in front of you can stop you. And so one of the things I think that you have to get in your heart is that you are not exempt from life circumstances. Say, I am not exempt. From life, from life circumstances. But life circumstances, life
1: circumstances.
0: cannot, cannot stop, my stop my destiny unless I stop. Unless
1: I stop.
0: So there are gonna be enemies, they're gonna stand in front of you. Enemies come in all types of ways. And I you know, it's funny because there are not a lot of cliches and slogans that I like, but I like this one because I think this one is true, is that for every level there's new devils and i think that you have to be aware of that i believe that um i believe that there are new attacks at every level and i think that when you earlier this year if you guys remember which is why it's so important you should take notes and go over your notes earlier this year we was having this word about spiritual warfare and i said that the lord said the greatest spiritual warfare is to hang out with him like you don't have to know the name of every demon if you just hang out with jesus you, you ain't got to know whether that's the spirit of oppression or depression or repression. You don't have to know any of that. All you got to do is hang out with Jesus and he say, don't fool with them. And you go, okay. Right. And so you don't have to spend a lot of time dissecting, ooh, that spirit of so-and-so. Because, you know, church people can be really spooky and they really like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, ooh, I saw that spirit. I saw this about Beyonce the other day. Like, she got the spirit of the Marine Queen on know. The marine queen and how do you know what that is like and, and 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 can you recognize the fruit of the spirit as well as you can recognize the all those spirits and you know you know made some of them up like Jesus because then I went and researched it and I was like well she actually doesn't have any characteristics like that right there y'all just made that up and so um and so um it's really interesting just I mean just don't be super spooky be spirit-led, but don't be super spooky. And if you're one of them people that when you walk in a room and you see the devil everywhere, you need to get delivered. Because you ought to be to see God way more than you can see the devil. You just walked in there, oh, I felt that spirit of heaviness. Ooh, I felt that spirit of lust. I mean, can you not feel Jesus anywhere? Like, I mean, you got to get free. And maybe the reason you feel it so strong is because it's on you. Hey. <laughs> I mean, you brought it with you. It wasn't heavy till you came with your deep, extra self. So, I'm. Um I'm just trying to help us. He says, it will not be able to stand against you. And for me, because I don't because I don't believe a lot of things can stand against me, I don't have a lot of time focusing on that. I'm focused more on what God is saying. Anyway, let's keep going. No man shall be able to stand with you for all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee or forsake thee. I think that one of the things you have to solidify in your heart, heart is that God will not fail you and that God will God will not fail you and God will not forsake you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. That doesn't mean that there will not be things in your life that look like failure, but it's not over till it's over. And it's not over until you win, unless you quit. So you have to purpose not to be a quitter. You know, people sometimes they're like, oh my goodness, I would go back to school, but I'm 45. What well, do you plan to die in the next year? Cause you, I mean, in four years you go be here anyway, right? See, so you got to be careful that you don't pull into a lot of stuff that just don't make sense. Well, I would be so-and-so age. Do you intend to die before you get there? Right. What else are you going to be doing? Right. You might as well. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how many times it didn't work out. Are you dead yet, and are you intending to die before you complete the task? If you're not, then you might as well go ahead and walk it out, Right? right? And the, the great thing is that what I believe is that, the especially when you're older and you feel like you've made a lot of mistakes, that the older you are, the greater your testimony becomes. Yeah. I mean, even think about what we look like when we see an 80-year-old woman who go back to school and get her doctorate. we like, she the bomb, right? Why? Because when she could have just been chilling at the adult living center, yep. <laughs> 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 she taking biology, right? Yeah. It's not over till it's over. And then, you know, one of the things I love about Caleb in the Bible, my Caleb and Caleb in the Bible, is that it says that when Caleb was 80, that he was as strong as he was when he was 40. And he told the Lord, give me my mountain. And there has to be a mentality that things that you haven't gotten yet, you still like, but give me my mountain, give me my stuff. And I think there has to be a mentality. And then it says, um, it says, verse six, be strong and of good courage. You know, here's the thing. A lot of times, here's what my clients ask me. My clients say to me, they say, when do I get to the point I'm not afraid? And I was like, you don't get to the point that you're not afraid. You just get to the point where fear don't stop you. Every time you go to another level, like all the same doubt, insecurity, who you think you are, how you think you got the right to do this, that stuff comes back up again, even when it's not your identity anymore. Some of it is I need you to understand is that that the devil is not all knowing. He's not omniscient and he's not omnipresent. So as a result, when the devil is trying to decide where to attack you, he looks at what has worked before. So if you ever struggled with your identity, then when you get ready to go to the next level, he comes back and attacks you in your identity because that's the place that you gave in before. So the other thing to remember is that just because you're having an attack when the enemy is like trying to make you feel insecure or not valuable, all that stuff. At some point you have to go, that's who I used to be. That is not who I am anymore. All right. Like, and I'm not even going down this path. Like, I'm not even going to spend half a day trying to figure out why I fe- feel insecure. I don't feel insecure. That's what the enemy is trying to do to me. I'm not insecure. I'm moving on. But he says to be strong and to be of good courage. Well, the way that you keep courage is that you keep focusing on how big God is. You keep focusing on how big God is. One of the things you have to get really good at doing is rehearsing when you've overcome. You have to become proficient at rehearsing every time you've overcome. You have to make a list of those things. You ought to have a short list, a list on your phone, a testimonies in your notes that you could pull up. That in the middle, middle, when it looked like you're not gonna make it, you're like, "Hold on, wait a minute. Let me tell you about all these times I've made it." You have to get really good at that. You have to have them for your marriage. You have to have them for your career. You have to have them for your children. You have to keep that word in your heart and before you. And then you use other people's testimonies to help you. So, for example, if you're believing God for a house, you get the testimonies from people who've gotten houses. And you say, God has no respecter of persons. If God let the to get a house, if God let the Marlows get a house, if the Strickland's got a house, if the Smiths got a house, if the we got a house, if the Oliver has a house, we next. Right. And you, you have to live that way. Does that make sense? And so then he says, be of good courage for um, unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance which I swear unto the, the inheritance the land. I think it's really important for you to understand that there are some inheritances that belong to you. They belong to you. And if you think about it in the natural, do you want to work your whole life to save up and accumulate whatever you're going to save up and accumulate and then you die and then your kids don't even get it? Like, wouldn't that aggravate you? Or or they don't know how to maintain it because you haven't taught them how to maintain it. And so, like, God has an inheritance for you, and so what he's trying to do for you, for me, he's trying to teach us how to maintain our inheritance. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Character is so important. Listen, these are just some practical ways that, that, I can, that I encourage you to live by, and the people who know me really well know that I choose to live by this. I, I'm not saying that I'm perfect by any means, but let me tell you something I absolutely do not practice. I do not practice being petty. I don't give myself permission to be petty. My friends will tell you, like, if I call them and I'm like, I'm going to say something petty, everybody's like, whoa. And like, literally, my pettiness got about two minutes on it. I'm like, I'm going to say this is real, real petty. I'm going to get it out and I'm going to move on. I don't play around in petty because you can't be powerful in petty. You cannot be powerful and petty. And some of you want to be powerful but you petty. You petty. And and what do I mean? Well, here are some examples of pettiness. What other people do ain't your business. If you come in on other people's lives and their lives don't directly impact your life, you petty. What celebrities do? Not your business. What your neighbor do ain't your business, and a lot of you have perfected—not a lot of you, some of you—have perfected your clap back, but not your be quiet. <laughs> you got clap back mastered, but you gotta get it. it, it success leaves clues. One of the things that you can learn from successful people is that successful people don't respond to everything. Oh. They don't respond to everything. You got to decide that some stuff isn't worthy of a response. Literally, for me. Listen, the other day I had somebody tell a lie that was so big. They told a lie on me that was so big. I wanted to punch them in their mouth. I did. I just, and then I got tickled because I'm like, how do you even come up with a lie like that? I processed it, because if you know me, I'm a processor. I got to walk through it. And then I moved on. Because at the end of the day, you're not worth my conversation. And part of being a person who's focused on destiny is understanding what's worth your attention. And and you got to understand this, that if you're prone to pettiness and small-mindedness and gossip, the enemy will keep you out your destiny just by bringing that stuff up. Cause you should have been reading the book, but now you done read all the blogs trying to figure out what future think about Sierra and Russell Wilson getting married. Like that ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't got nothing to do with you. You speculating over whether they really not having sex or not, they neither one of them having sex with you. It ain't got nothing to do with you. And I use examples like that because those are examples that you can see come up really, really quickly. But everything doesn't deserve your attention, especially when your goal is to be great. If your goal is to be great, everything does not deserve your attention. Amen. Amen. Only be thou strong, be very courageous, that thou may observe to do according all According to all the law that Moses, thy servant, commanded thee, turn not to the left or the right, that thou may prosper wherever you go. Really, I'm just talking about the discipline things, the things that set you up for failure. Listen, let me tell you something. If you're an easily offended person, and, and you know who you are, if you easily offended, you go always be in a situation where somebody offend you because the devil knows that's how you get worked up. I mean, you just think they said something about you. They they really weren't talking about you. They stopped talking when you came in because they were finished with their sentence. (laughs) They were not talking about you. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're always offended, you got to grow up out of offense. Everything can't hurt your feelings. Everything. Every job you go to, they talk about you. Everyone. If they talking about you at every job, you need to change.
2: Yes, help us.
0: <laughs> These are just practical things about how you go. If you are gonna be successful, you have got to learn how to take hard feedback, hard feedback, yes. hard. Hard. hard, and you gotta know that people love you enough. Um this is what I say to my kids. The baby okay. This is what I say to my kids. Ain't nobody always got time to blow sunshine up your tail. Sometimes people just got to tell you how it is, the way it is. I love you. Your attitude stink. I love you. You want to be successful but you lazy. And you can't be successful because you lazy. You keep telling me that you don't have time to do it. But everything I post on Facebook you like. If you just didn't like but half my stuff, you could have read them articles. Come on, come on. Because you gotta know your role and you gotta know how to live in it. People say to me sometimes you're on social media a lot. I am on social media a lot. I get ninety percent of my clients from social media. What do you get from social media? I get paid from social media. So that's why I am on social media all the time. Social media is my job. I wake up, I pray, I check social media. That's how I get paid. But if you got stuff you need to be doing, you shouldn't be commenting on all my stuff. Sometimes I should have to say, did you see my post? (laughs) It's just the truth. So you, if you're going to be successful, you got to be able to live under extreme accountability, extreme accountability and extreme transparency. And, and the truth of it is, is that um, it's funny. Me and Jimmy were talking about this. Here, here's my thing. People think they want to be close to me till they close to me. Lord, yes. <laughs> you think you want to be close to me. <laughs> me and Jimmy were talking about this. You think you want to be close to me till you close to me. Like, it, like this, I don't have another side. This is it. (laughs) And the more I know you, the less sweet it gets when I say what it is I'm going to say. When I'm talking to my kids on the way to school, my kids like, I want to be the so-and-so. You lazy. You don't want to do nothing. Because yesterday when you came home, all you did was play that video game. You were playing games with me. Don't lie to me and don't lie to yourself. That that That's how our whole family engages. And so I'm saying to you, because sometimes you see people, in, and I'm not just saying me like everybody want to be close to me. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that sometimes you feel like you want to share space with people and then you feel like they're mean. But people who live a certain way, that's how they manage how they live. You know, like I don't, I don't expect. But listen, Jimmy can be tender. Like, you don't necessarily know that he can be tender, right? Like, I've had some very tender moments where I've been very transparent with Jimmy and he is taking really good care of my heart. But after that 30 seconds is over, we are right back. <laughs> after that 30 seconds is over, he like. Now that we've established this, now what are we going to do to ensure? You need people like that in your life. You need people like that in your life. Like, Sertrick, stay on me. Like, about my money. I can't even tell y'all how much I hate Sertrick doing most of the week. I don't like Sertrick. He get on my nerves. Like, he does. He send me these stupid articles. on like, no one cares. But I do care. So I read them. Right. And, see... And I'm better for it, right? I share this part with you because I want you to understand that even for somebody who wants to be great in their money, it don't mean like I always want to hear what they got to say. I don't always want to hear about what Jim, listen, rich, rich, got a little salty with me the other week, and so he didn't check in on me because Rich is my accountability partner, so he didn't check in on me and stuff. And so then I picked with him because he didn't check in on me and stuff, and then he checked in on me like a bunch last week. I was like, please go away. Please stop talking to me. I'm trying to get you to understand that relationships are built. They cannot be this thing where, like, you cannot be a person who only needs people to tell you how amazing you are because we get to a lot of your amazing because people say you could be amazing, but that's raggedy. Like if people can't say to you, that's raggedy, you don't have any real relationships. That's right. One time I told Jimmy my goal was to work out three times a week. He was like, that ain't even, a, that ain't even an F. He was like, three out of seven ain't even an F. Like, go back and try again. Like, I'm feeling all proud of myself because from nothing to three seems amazing to me, right? <laughs> he like, yeah, miss me with that. I mean, you got to have people in your life who can do you like that. But you also got to have faith people that when you're not in faith, they can tell you that you're not in faith. You don't want a lot of people in your life that when you're in your feelings, they let you take that path. Right. You need people who are going to hear what you have to say. Yes, you're frustrated. Yes, you're disappointed. Yes, you're angry. Yes, you want to kick somebody. But what did God say? You need that. So the other scripture that I want to look at, and then I'm going to call my first person. I'm actually going to call Nietzsche, who had no idea she was going to be called today. But you go. you, you ready. You got this. Um, so the, my next scripture is um, Ecclesiastes 5 and 3. And it basically says dreams come through a multitude of work. Or a dream coming through a multitude of business. It means you don't do nothing, you don't get nothing. You know, when you like, Lord, please help me on this test. You didn't study. What you want the Lord to do? You didn't study. You didn't give him anything to pull back to your, bring it back to my remembrance. You didn't put it in to begin with. Ain't nothing to bring back. Oh, you want God to do osmosis on you, just a downloaded transfer. You didn't even position yourself for that. God, I, you know, I want to have a better marriage. But you got a bad attitude every day. How are you going to have a good marriage when you got a bad attitude every day? Oh, amen. Yes, amen. Before a dream comes through, more to the work. Nietzsche, come on up here. Give a mic somebody. Because I want, I want to help you be successful, and I think that there are a lot of areas in life that people aren't successful. Yeah, yeah shit. Jimmy, say y'all about to clap when people come up. <laughs> uh, what do you do for a living? I am a licensed professional counselor. You're a licensed professional counselor. I would like for you to tell the people to, some ways to identify when they need more than prayer.
3: When you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you keep getting stuck. I mean, we as believers we're taught to, to say that prayer is the answer. There are several things that happen when you pray. Number 1, God will give you instruction. In that, it's not just God is not just going to be like, "Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you." Yes, he will say, "I got you," but this is what this is your role. And if you're either not hearing that or not doing that, you probably need to step outside of just that prayer round and get some extra help. Also, again, if you are constantly seeing the same battles over and over again, I'm not saying your prayer is not powerful, but there is something that you're obviously missing. And so you have to learn some new information or get some different insight so that you can break out of that cycle.
0: Um, what are some things that you really feel like that you see a lot in the body that you think people are just go to counseling and deal with?
3: In the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, Marriage problems, anxiety, depression. um, Oh, gosh. A lot. Parenting issues. Like, you just keep saying, I'm just going to whoop them. I'm just going to whoop them. (laughs) You've been whooping them for, like, their whole life and you're getting the same results so but mostly i would say in my practice anyways i see more anxiety more depression and marital issues
0: can you tell us what anxiety some indication of anxiety for maybe people who don't know what that looks like
3: um just a feeling of nervousness when you are um encountering situations or want to avoid situations that you know normally wouldn't cause the average person um stress if you like if, if you're nervous to come to church because it's going to be a lot of people, that's probably some anxiety stuff. Or you want to do something, but the fear is so great that you can't step outside. That's probably some anxiety. Um, a lot of insecurity causes anxiety, but it's still anxiety. So if you're really an insecure person, if you're always thinking you're not, you don't measure up, um, that's probably an issue you need to get counseling on.
0: So what you're saying is that it's not natural to always feel like you don't measure up.
3: It is not natural to always feel like you don't measure up. It is not natural to feel like everybody's judging you all the time. It is not natural to feel like um, there is just something that's not good enough about you. That's not that's not natural. Even if it came from, you know, the way you're where you were raised or the way your parents treated you or whatever, it's still not the way God created you to be. And that's what we consider as natural, the way God created us to be, not what's accepted, accepted by society.
0: Okay, that's a, that's good. I like that. So um, in, in a second, if anybody has any questions, I'm going to give you a chance to ask questions. But I have two more things. So can you tell people, because not all depression looks like people not being able to mm-hmm. get out the bed. So what are some ways that people can know whether Ooh, they're struggling with good. depression? If
3: you are angry a lot, a lot of people think depression, like you said, is the sad and it is, but particularly for African-American women, not always, but particularly for that population, it looks more like anger than sadness. Um, if you are always just not, not motivated, low energy, like physically you don't have energy, that's a sign of depression. If you don't have motivation, you have a dream, you come and you get hyped up, and as soon as you get home, you're like, ah, you, there, there may be some depression there. Because um, depression literally like zaps your motivation. So even if you come, and we talk about the thermostat all the time, um, wherever your mind is set, that's where your life is going to be. And so you can come into an environment like Fellowship of Champions and get a great word. And so at that moment, you're really excited. And so your motivation level goes up. But if you go back home and your motivation leaves, you have to deal with where your mind is actually set so that it can change so that you don't stay there. Does that make sense?
0: Okay, and so then the last question, and then I'll let you guys ask a question. Talk a little bit about when people should recognize that their anger isn't healthy anger.
3: There is a difference between a righteous indignation when things are just you have been wronged and you are angered. That's okay. There, there is never it's not a problem to feel angry. Anger becomes a problem when you're one, don't handle it correctly. Like if you're going off on everybody, you're yelling. Um, or you shut down, like you just don't deal with it and you totally avoid it. It becomes a problem when it physically is a, uh, affecting you. Like you start getting headaches, you start getting sick to your stomach, you keep anger in, you, it can develop ulcers. The same thing as with stress as well. Um, what was the other, what was the question?
0: That was pretty much the question. Oh, okay. Oh no, no, but one more. And then, um, Eugene has a question. How would you know if you have a lust problem that you need help with? Lust. Lust.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Sexual or any
0: other kind? Sexual and then whatever you want to say, and then Eugene can ask his question.
3: How would you know you have a lust problem? <laughs> um, you wouldn't know you have a lust problem when you are doing things, your body is naturally going to have some sexual feelings. That's just, that's just, you, you, you may get the tinglys and not necessarily have a lust problem. Um, if you are married, you can get the tinglys and that's not a lust problem. That's a good thing. Um, if you don't have tinglys and you're married, you probably also need some counseling. Um, you may need to talk to your doctor as well, but that's a side note. That's a good note. No, that's,
0: um, that's a good, no, 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 don't.
3: Focus on the side. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, she said focus. I have a lot of clients and one partner doesn't want to have sex um, for whatever reason. I don't. I, that's an issue. If you don't want to have sex with your partner, that is a that's a problem. And you really should talk to your doctor if it's physically you're not able to be happy when you're around them. Um yeah, but it, it is an issue, if, and it's also probably more an emotional issue if it's not necessarily a physical thing, but you just don't want to be with that person. If you always have an excuse like a headache, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, that's the issue you need to go talk to a counselor or a doctor about. And what was the main issue? Because we stepped on the side. Look, How do you know if you have a lust problem? That's a difficult question for me. Um, I guess just because you, you start doing things that are outside of the norm or you step outside of the boundaries of what what's what's appropriate if you're single and you get the tinglys you need to go running or pray or talk to somebody through it you can say hey i'm, I'm feeling excited tonight um <laughs> not not to the person that you want to be excited with but you can talk to somebody else you got to tell somebody else, you tell somebody else. <laughs> hey i have text pastor Sean and said i really want to have sex Guess what? I know she's not gonna tell me to go have sex, so I can talk to somebody who is going to hold you accountable. Um, so if you are doing things that are outside of the norm,
0: boundaries, I should say, not the. Norm. I would add risky behavior too. Yeah, like like. So you know, my bias is that I'm anti-porn. I think that porn. Mm. If, if you heard me talk, I'm anti-porn. Um, not because I'm anti-freaky, but I'm anti-what what porn creates. <laughs> just, just so we clear about that. I'm not anti-freaky. I am anti-porn. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <So proud. laughs> Don't tune me out. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to help y'all. Listen, I'm telling you, when undefiled. you get when you get married, you ought to have great sex, cause ain't gonna be no sex in heaven. You better tap it out while it's here. You need to get all your getting while it's getting. I'm just gonna tell. Tap tap tap. Huh? What? That's the word, boss. That's, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> but um, but if you are a person and it, like, if everybody you see you wanna do, if you always wanna watch porn. If you, if you can't, I mean, now, now we're into something that's not, it's not normal. Like a healthy sexual desire is normal. But like if, if one, to me, one indication is that even when you're done, you're not satisfied. That's an indication that you're in lust.
3: Or you go seeking things to make you have lustful feelings. Like you, if you're watching pornography, you are seeking that feeling. So if you're seeking especially if you're not married but like again if you're going out of your way to do things or seek things that are um, not just r- to, create. to
0: create that feeling Eugene's next and then you next yeah. the is yours on the same topic yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay no Mm-mm. we're saying if you're if it's insatiable <laughs> like it's insatiable <laughs> <laughs> hug give him a hug rich i don't think he okay back there no 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 you should have a normal sexual desire you know what i'm saying huh i no. yes that's a great question let's, ask, let's let eugene ask his question then we'll come back to your question <laughs> no eugene please ask your question we coming back to him
3: Anxiety and depression. But I said I started off with a question like oh with depression like uh like there are things that I uh that motivate me but I I'm depressed and so like I
4: don't know how to like those things I can't get those things too motivated. And it was like because I have anxiety of change things that uh that me become
2: this depressed, um I'm scared to change so it's like I don't know like where to start like
5: That's
3: very so let me make sure I heard you just right. The anxiety causes you to fear the change that would cause you to be free from the depression. Okay. Um, y- some tips. Yeah. Find somebody that you can talk to that can hold you accountable. I would say get some counseling to work through some of the anxiety piece because most of the time we have anxiety because we are um, – it's, obviously, it's fear, but it's, it's the fear that we're not going to be successful most of the time. Like, if I try, I'm going to fail. Um, so it's easier not to try than to, for a lot of people, just be like, I, hey, I'm not going to try to run their marathon because it's easier to say I didn't run it than to get out there in the middle and pass out. Um, for some people. For others, that's a hey, if you made it 13 miles, that's, that's impressive. So um, I guess I would say get some get some counseling Uh, as far as tips identify small things like what can you give me an example of one of the things you you struggle with change that's not too personal. Okay, so I would say take, make, let me go back. The first thing I would say is create a reason why you want to do what you want to do. So figure, get enough, get something that's motivating enough that will push you when you're scared. Because, like, if the doctor tells you, if, if I come and say don't drink sodas, you, you have the choice to decide if you're going to drink sodas or not. But if the doctor says one more soda will kill you, your motivation, motivation goes up like increase, uh, exponentially. Freedom. I mean, all of a sudden, what I said becomes gold. And so if, if your motivation for doing it increases, find out why you want to get that job. And make it has to be something that's powerful enough that will push you when you're scared. Does that make sense? So, like, just having money for some sneakers is probably not going to be motivating enough. But if you look at the situation that maybe possibly your parents are in and you go, oh, I don't ever want to be in that situation, that may motivate you enough. The second thing is to set small goals and then have someone to hold you accountable for the, with a the small goal. So it may be I'm going to do my resume by Friday. I'm going to have somebody to look at it by next Tuesday, and I'm going to submit it to five different places by the following Friday. So create a uh, small steps that are not too intimidating, but they need to be something that stretches you enough where you feel like you've accomplished something. Because if you accomplish a goal that's so low, that's not going to uh, help yourself steam at all. Like if you woke up and say, I brushed my teeth today. Well, good for you. Nobody really is going to brag about that.
0: <laughs> I love this church. Here's the thing. So... So the difference is is that Nitra is a counselor, and I'm a coach, and our, our relationship, well, we do parallels in some ways, but it's different in, in some ways. And so what I would say, though, is that when people say that they're lazy, one of the things that research tells us is that typically people aren't lazy, they're just unmotivated. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you have to find that why. The other thing is that I would redefine what going backwards was. Mm -hmm. like you said it would be going backwards to work in fast food. No, it would be going backwards to drop out of school and move back home and work in fast food. Mm -hmm. That, that like, it's like, this is just a stepping stone. And the other thing is that if you don't want to work in fast food, don't apply there, go to the mall and apply there. I mean, like you, you you have to be careful that you don't, you know, if I don't want to work in accounting, I would never apply for a job, especially if I have a skill set that they would select me for that. Right. So, um, so most people aren't lazy, you just don't have a why. And if after you get a why, um, you can't move forward then, then y'all should schedule some appointments with Nietzsche for pay. All right.
3: It depends on your insurance. My self-pay rates are 160 an hour. $160? i am going to
0: raise my stuff ten- this week. I raise this week. <laughs> So okay Jimmy do you want to come back to your question In a few minutes I'm going to need somebody to tag Pastor Edwin out Because I need to ask him some questions So somebody who likes kids and is not going to go to jail Back there (laughs) Chase said he will Okay I need somebody to tag him out (laughs) Did you have You want to come back to your question Do you want to (laughs) I knew you did We knew you did Come on back
3: That's a really good question. I think it it matters. It only becomes a problem if it's a problem for you and your spouse. Like if if you want, if you say every day and she says every day, we're well, y'all good. But if you say every day and she's like, you know, I'm tapping out for a minute, and you're like, no, you need to come on, or you start to um, to seek outside of that, then you you don't stepped. If if y'all good with it, I mean, because it's it's people that come in and they're good with once a week, and then there are people that's like once a week. What am I supposed to do with once a week? So it's all about what works for your your family.
0: <laughs> I love you, Jimmy. I love yeah. you. I love you. So I when I when I talk about it being extreme, what I would say is that like if all you think about is sex. Like all, like people who have addictions to think all they think about is sex. Now you gotta think about other stuff too. You gotta think about you gotta think about other stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> This. If you think about sex so that it interferes with right. the rest of your life. If it's interfering with your day. With the rest of your life. So when I see her, it's like, that's the way it should be. When you see her, you should be like, yes. That's for for everybody who's married. That's the way it should be. If I see you, I should be like But not if
3: you see every woman. But not if you see everybody. Every woman shouldn't do that for you. Everybody every
0: should not do that. <laughs> Get a <laughs> For you? No, 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 I, oh, no, 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 I'm not, no, don't go, no, there. hold on, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, nope, you try pull me in, nope, back, take two, back to the thing. Okay, so married people should love to have sex with each other. If you are, if you do not love to have sex, then you should see someone. If you are a woman and you do not have sexual desire, you should go to your doctor. Most often, it is either something hormonal or something emotional. If you go to your doctor and your doctor says there is nothing wrong with your hormones, you should go see a counselor because just by nature, if you like them enough to marry them, when you see them, you should want to do them. If you don't, then you have some issues you need to work through. that would still be an issue that's worth talking about because <laughs> the, and this is a side note for marriage because here's one of the issues with married people. Like here's the thing I never understand. You're having a conversation with everybody, with other people about your sex life who can't help your sex life. Like, I'm in a couple of marriage groups on Facebook, and, like, women are in there at. I'm like, you ass, yo, that woman, you're not having sex with her. She don't know. Like, you need to have a conversation with the person you are having sex with. You let them see you naked. You should be able to talk to them about anything. Right.
3: And if there's something you don't like that your partner does, that's hard to say for some people. But say it because that's going to cause you to be resistant when they're going to feel rejected, and then it just creates a bigger cycle. So if if, if he like to bite your cheek, and you don't want that, I'll let me.
0: Hush I am thinking why. bite too. I was thinking <laughs> bite too, <laughs> like, And people hey, just why the kids out? Kids just start coming why in. Why the kids out? Take them back. Jesus. I don't need him to come back with all the kids. No. We we don't need you to bring the kids back. That's why we send somebody to tap out the movie. Now Kathleen's going, we need you, not the kids.
1: <laughs>
0: we got you, Kathleen. G- Misty, you take good notes. Make the pen notes or whatever Kathleen needs to know. Oh, Ca- um, she's recording. Listen, people got to have real successful strategies to be successful. While we're waiting on Pastor Edwin, I am going to ask um, there's so many options in here. Marlo, can you come? Thank you, Nitra. Wait a minute. Hold on. Valdez got a question. Marlo's on deck next.
5: get aroused, then it should be with the person that you are in a relationship or a marriage like, right? you want to have sex. so Whenever I get aroused, the person I'm with is the person that I should want to have sex with.
0: Keep going. Now, right. Keep going. Now,
5: if, if, say for instance, your wife or your girl is watching Magic Mike, she get turned on, but she should want to have sex by you, like, right? because I'm kind of getting a, a vibe that y'all was saying that the only person... That should heighten your arousal. the only thing that should cause arousal in you is your spouse or your significant other.
0: no no, you're human you gonna right. see some uh, but what what I am saying though is that if right. you walk into Walmart and you see somebody that you feel that way about, you should get the heck out of Walmart' because there's twenty of them up here find another one to go to. And, she just used Kenosha. Kenosha. He just used an example. <laughs> keep, keep
1: going.
0: I wouldn't let y'all be in my talk show audience just so y'all know. All right. <laughs> No, you no? You no, don't no, no, complain no, no, about no. him.
4: What do you want to say, Rick? Yeah, you can look before the buffet, but long as
0: you don't eat. Right, sorry, that's right, right. right. You should direct
1: your energy towards Yes Right Right It's it's
3: other attractive people in the world Besides your spouse Unless you
0: (laughs) blind You see other fine people Right (laughs) Like Yeah What Huh I mean You you see other When people say they don't see anybody's fine I'm like something wrong with you There's Something's wrong with you Oh Yeah yeah, like, <laughs> But I do think that there's a difference, too. I don't think that everybody finds you ought to be thinking about doing them. I think that's the other thing. Like, you ought to be to admire somebody's body without With being that. like, ooh, I want to get that. Like, I don't think that's the way it should be. Right, I, th- I right. think when you do that, now that you're, mm-hmm. now, now now that you got some soul things that you want to work on, because mm-hmm. the the truth of it is, is that, I mean, we admire beauty. right. But we're not animals. You ain't supposed to want to hump everything that's attractive.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: That's lust. Right.
3: I think that was a really good point. You can well, admire something without allowing your mind to go to the, to the bedroom with them. You can look and go, good. ooh, he looks handsome, without going, ooh, and I bet you, you don't have to. You can stop it and ooh, he looks handsome, or ooh, she's a beautiful woman.
0: Yeah. Yes, sir. So we're not really a suffering ministry around here, okay? So meaning, like, we believe in patience and endurance, but we believe that we ought to be patiently moving toward something. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if we had a communication problem, what some people do is they go, oh, this is just my lot to bear. God just got me going through. Won't believe that crap. we like, go get some help and learn how to communicate. We should be seeing some progress mm-hmm. in our communication, not just we just go make it no matter how much it sucked that we're, so there are some other people who believe that that's not what we believe. Both people should be willing to work. Both people should be willing like to work. Like you
3: cannot, in a, in, a relate, in a marriage, you cannot pull a dead weight long term. Like, so I'm going to counseling and I'm, I'm doing, or both of us come show up and one of us go home and try to implement the strategies and the other one said, that's stupid counseling stuff. Wait, that's not going to work long term. Cause you're going to get wore out. You're going to be tired. You're going to think I don't work and I, I'm good. And then <laughs> you're messing up my reputation. I'm just kidding. But no, you mean that? We no, mean that don't no, mess up seriously, our reputation.
0: Cause you don't do the stuff. You,
3: you, you, you run the risk of making that other person even more offended than just saying, Hey, I'm not willing to work. I'm not willing to change. I can walk away and bow out gracefully.
0: I think the other thing too, is that faith is not a tool of manipulation. And I mm-hmm. always have to say this. Yeah. Jesus won't make you get saved. You can't make your spouse work on their marriage. If Jesus doesn't make people do. And so what happens a lot of times, particularly for Christian women, it's like you got a man who doesn't really want to be married to you. You praying, you fasting, you laboring. He don't want you. God isn't going to make somebody want you that doesn't want you. The best thing that you could do is release yourself, get healed and go find somebody who want to be with you instead of spending 17 years with somebody who don't want to be with you. So for me, part of love is this. Here's what part of love is for me. Part of love has to be that you love me enough to willing to work on what I'm telling you bothers me. If you say you love me and I say I need more affection and you go, that's just stupid. I ain't hugging you no more. You don't really love me. How hard is it for you to go, go get your counseling, go find out why you don't like to hug, go find out who, mm-hmm. who, who, whatever, get work through it. But when it come back to it, if you really love me, you want to give me what it is that I say that I need. I'm not talking about excessive stuff. Oh, I want a new Louis Vuitton every week. That's stupid. Right. I'm talking about if I say to you that I need communication and you like, I just don't talk. Are you a mute? Because if you ain't a mute, then you exactly. need to learn how to talk. You need to go find some skills mm-hmm. and learn how to talk. To me, that's just what love looks like. So you can't say you love me and you're not willing. It's the same way you can't say you love God and we don't see any progress in your life. You ain't got to be perfect, but you, I mean, I mean, you, you can't curse five words last, less than last week. Love always requires progress. The other thing that helped me,
3: Personally, was the uh, the fact that if you're in a relationship and it's tearing you down, that's not healthy. Now, I'm not saying you're not gonna have problems and they're not gonna point out some stuff that you have to work on. But if ultimately you are, you feel like you are a worse person <laughs> having been in this relationship, you need to get out. That's not healthy. That's not healthy for your self esteem. If you are, when you start seeing your self esteem and who you know God created you to be and you're not living up to that,
0: you need to, if they're not willing to change, it's. So I think that's a good point because a lot of people may not know that. Talk about like the fact that you did get divorced and like what that was like as a faith person to decide, okay, it's enough. That was extremely difficult because in
3: my opinion, I mean, I thought if you prayed, it should, it should get it. And like, I was like, okay, I know I should, well, it was difficult on two levels. I was a counselor. So I'm, I'm thinking, I, sh- I should know how to work through this. On the second level, I'm saying, I, sh- I know I can speak the word and God and this and this. And so I'm trying all these different things. But at the end of the day, if the other person is unwilling to do what needs to take place for a healthy relationship, I don't think. The God that loves me would say, stay in a bad relationship for the sake of staying in a bad relationship. So that at the end of your life, people can say, oh, they showed this. They married a long time and you die miserably. <laughs> I Amen. mean, that—that that is a testimony that people could say, man, they, they was married for 60 years. I don't think she ever liked him. That's not that's not the testimony I want at my funeral. I want to be like that girl. They had a good relationship.
0: That's—that So it was a struggle, but. Ice-free. <laughs> uh, ice you free and, and, and if you know any nice guys, she told us the other day she's ready to date. Don't bring us no junk. We don't play that, okay? All right.
3: <laughs> That's going to happen.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> they're
0: married. He said they're married. They're not trying to fix it. Well, if well, I'm assuming it's not you because you're not married. Right. So uh, like some people have resolved that that's the kind of marriage that they're willing to have. Mm -hmm. And, And while we may be disappointed for people in our lives that choose to live that way, we don't have the right to insert our will on them if that's what they're willing to do. Some people have learned to master dysfunction and they okay with that. There's never a relationship where just one person is the issue because especially if one person has been the issue for a long time, in order for them to have been the issue that long, you had to be an enabler. Yeah. It's, always, the, two it's yes. always two people. It's always two people. It's always two people. It's like if somebody talk crazy to you, right? That very first time they talk crazy to you, what'd you do? Because that determines how many right. other times they go talk crazy exactly. to you. <laughs> All right. So, thank you, Nitra. Oh, go. Yes, ma'am. So
3: I would say I, I never tell people to get a divorce or stay married. That's your business and that's your life. And it, at the end of the day, you have to do what works for you. So I don't go into any, and this is for everybody. Don't go into any counselor's office expecting them to say, do this, do that. And if they do, you probably need to run. Um, that's right. You have to live with the decisions that you make. And so if I tell you to get a divorce, and you can't live with it, then you're going to look at me. So I'm not going to ever say yes or no. What I will say is you can't control any other person. What you can control is how you interact with that person and how you respond to what they do. So, like she was saying earlier, if he does something that's wrong or rude to you, how do you respond to that? You can change your response, and you can set a new normal for the way you respond to him. And so either he's going to change Or he's going to leave you, or y'all going to stay in the same, I mean, y'all going to stay in the the place where you are now, or he's going to say, oh, that's no longer acceptable, so I'm going to change what I do. If I never correct my baby when she hits me at the age she is now, which is a little girl, if I never correct her, she will think that's okay when she's 15, and that's not okay. So even though she's 17 months now, when she hits me, there is a consequence. So now, even though you've you've let it go for a long time, you can start re- training the way that you respond because anytime one person changes in a relationship it is going to affect the entire relationship
0: and i would add that i do think you need counseling regardless to whether he gets counseling because here's what i heard you say i heard you say i'm not willing to leave and he's not going to change so then the only thing you can do is get counseling to teach you how to deal with what happens The counseling no, isn't for not him. For the, marriage. the counseling okay. isn't for the marriage. The counseling is for you. It's how you manage your peace. It's how you manage your positivity. It's how you teach him how to engage with you. It doesn't have anything to do with him. You're not trying to improve the marriage. You're only trying to improve yourself so that what what he does doesn't crush you. I don't know if you ever watched the movie
3: What's Love Got to Do with It, but at some point Tina Turner started to uh, do her numb your home whatever, and she she it literally did not matter what was going on in the house. She had an inner peace that, that surpassed all of that. And so what, what going through counseling and you growing spiritually will help you to deal with stuff that if you're not willing to leave, that's okay. If that's what you want to do. However, you can learn some ways to handle a situation where it does not have to interfere with your peace. But Tina also left after she got stronger. So I don't know. I'm not telling you that's what you're going to do. I'm telling you that when you get stronger and more confident, you will you will have options that you don't see when, you're, when your self-esteem or your confidence is low.
0: I think it's really important for you to understand we're not, anybody who's ever counseled with us knows we're not people who like bail on your marriage quick. We, we got long suffering for marriage. What I will tell you, though, is that if you live with someone and you allow them to abuse you in any way, emotionally, physically, however they abuse you, it has an impact on you. And if you are not going to leave, then you must put yourself in a situation where the negativity of that doesn't kill you. Because whatever injuries we have, if we do not deal with them, they express themselves in some way. And I think the thing is, one of the things I would really encourage you to do is, not today, but at some point to sit down and actually talk to Misty, because Misty could probably give you a lot of feedback on how she sees the impact of what you're managing, how it impacts all the rest of your life. And at some point you just you. And, and here's the thing I want to tell you. We 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 counseled a couple. We didn't counsel a couple. We had a, a lady that started going to Bible study and her husband was a terror. And she kept going to Bible study. We never told her to leave and she decided to leave and she moved out into her own apartment. And 60 days later, he was like, I will do whatever you want me to do to come back home. They've been back together, like, three years. She, like, he's so good to her. It's amazing. I'm not telling you to leave. I'm telling you that there has to be a stand-up in you. And when that stand-up comes, then people make adjustments. That's just the way life works. Mm. It's just It's just a stand-up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um... I'm going to tap Nitra out, Ralph in, and then Pastor Ellen's up next, and then we're going to go. All right, give it up for Nitra. <laughs> Ralph, I'm going to give you something for um, what, I'm gonna talk to, what I want you to talk to about is particularly for, um, for college students and for the young 20-somethings, and because people don't know this, they may not know this, but you're really smart. You went to school on scholarships. Well, you used to be really smart. You still, really, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> really smart. And so, what advice would you give to um, college students now? What are some things that you feel like really helped you in college, or some things you wish you knew that would have changed the game for you?
4: That's a big question. All right. The first thing I would say is get connected with somebody who's living a life that's similar to what you would want to live, a mentor. Give somebody the right to speak into your life without edit, without, without you getting in your emotions, without any of that. Because the thing that most people don't want is to grow up. They're infatuated with the sight of growing up and becoming mature, but they're really not committed to what it takes. Because growth, growth hurts. Growth requires some cutting off of things. And so the first thing I would say... Is make sure that you're connected with somebody who you're, and that somebody needs to be a be a person who has achieved something. Don't it can't be your friend who in the same situation with you. Okay, uh, but. Uh, but you need to get with somebody. If you're a guy, find a guy. If you're a girl, find, find another woman. Who, because that relationship will be an intimate relationship, not sexually intimate. That's not what I'm saying. But y'all would share a lot. There will be a lot of growing, a lot of spending of time together. And, and in that, that person will have the opportunity to really grow you up. And that person may be in your life for a season, where they grow you for a season. That person may be there forever. But you've got to have that person... Who, who can say something to you, you not only hear it, but you do what they have said. Because otherwise, you're wasting everybody's time. Um, that would be one thing I would say as, as a college student. The other thing I would say is, I mean, be careful not to compare yourself. you got to know what path you're on and why you exist. And in college, sometimes you don't know because you, ain't, you haven't even chosen a major. You, you don't know what, what you want to do. Uh, fortunate enough for me, I know when I went, came to U of A, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an educator. I knew that. Uh, well, I actually came in business first, uh, but that's because there was money there. Uh, as a college student, use your gifts, your skills, and your talents to gain resources. Because, I mean, you you, you don't have to be broke in college. Amen. Amen. You don't. You don't have to be broke in college. Uh, what what I did and and what what April did uh and we helped each other is that I had college pay me when I came to college. I got six grand every semester i never paid anything uh had all my bills paid, never had to work a job because before college there was this four year period of high school that i I treat it like a job, and so I never made a I made an A all through high school. Yeah, let it look for your period. So, and I know I'm talking to college kids, but we, we're going to have some high school students, and we have some. If you treat high school like a job, and you give it your best, I mean, that 80 grand that the U of A gave me, it was a really nice paycheck. And not having to work, not having to do those things, but as you're in college, don't be mediocre. I mean, be excellent in your grades so that you can gain ways to pay for school now. Because, I mean, we say it all the time, school should be free. It's it's billions of dollars that go back every year because people don't even apply. I mean, and so be a person of excellence in your academics. Go to class so that if you didn't come on scholarship, you can gain one because it is a freeing feeling to graduate, not owing anybody anything. I wish I knew it. God, I wish I knew. And so and so that that that's one way cuz I had like my brother was the opposite. He came on a full ride, lost it all and still playing off loans. So you th- those are two things. Lauren
1: he mm-hmm. went
0: What I want to add too is that you don't know, you know, because we don't understand fully the path. You don't know that that person isn't ahead of you on the path to prepare a way for you. Like, I mean, you you don't you don't know that. I mean, I, I guess for me, um, one of the things that I work, at, I don't struggle comparing myself to other people, and a lot of it is because of how I was raised, I, and I know that. But. Even if it's all Kool-Aid, even if it's all cake and it's amazing, it doesn't change that God has something amazing for you. Yeah. And one of the things I've learned is that if you compare yourself to somebody else, you can miss what belongs to you in this season. And you don't know that there is just some of it is practice and being thankful. And it's good because when Pastor Edwin comes, he can, that wasn't what I was going to talk about, but he can talk about like what you're focused on. What you focus on is how you make, it's how you what you focus on is going to determine how you respond to everything, right? So I'm going to – Nietzsche wants to say something. I'm going to tap Ralph out and pass the Edwin in because we over our time. And then I need somebody to take care of my college students because I got a couple college students who are over here struggling right now.
3: I look like I'm behind or I would way in front of you.
0: Right. Uh, <laughs> depending on how you look at We're it. Right, we are going to have some,
3: hopefully we'll both have successful children. There is not a time frame that you have to do everything and when you get caught on, I have to have, I have to be married by this age, especially women, we gotta be married by this age, we gotta have kids by this age. I have
1: another question.
0: And, Eugene and. what I want to say something to Eugene. Here's the thing I want to tell you, Eugene. I want you to look up and look at me. You're focusing on where you think you should be. Sometimes you got to clap cuz you still here, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sometimes you I mean, you got stats against you. You could be in jail, you could be dead, but you still here. And if it take you another five years to get your degree, baby, whenever you get it, it's yours. You, you, sometimes you just got to stop and be like, man, I'm still here. And here's the thing, because people don't know your story, and that's why comparison is dangerous. Comparison is dangerous is because somebody may be looking at you saying he could have finished by now, but we don't know what it took for you just to get up and go to class as many times as you did. And so I just think you just have to be a person who is just like at the end of the day, I'm still standing. And if I'm still standing, I'm not even still standing. I'm laying on the floor, but I'm inching my way back up. And, And I'm going to get there. And I think that when you begin to focus on that, I'm going to the end. It may take somebody, somebody else may get there faster. Somebody may else get there slower. I don't care. I'm going to the end. And when you focus on that, it gets easier. That's just my opinion. I, 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 th- that's what I mean when I say I don't compare. It's like at the end of the day, like, you know, like, for example, I got all these friends who do all this crafty stuff. When it's when it's, when it's it's Valentine's Day, their kids got all the little can cut out stuff. Listen, I'm just glad I got them snack cakes. We just made it. It's all right. I'm just – just, just got them snack cakes. We did the best we can do. Sometimes you got to be able to just celebrate yourself for doing the best you could do with what you had. And I think that I, I'm just glad you're still here because there's kids who come up here every year and they don't make it a semester. And I'm just glad you're here, man. I'm just glad you're here. Because, Eugene, look at me. Listen, are you the first person in your family to go to
1: college? So, so you already ahead of the game, and so, so he, let me tell you, I, I don't ever. Every time I start feeling a little sorry for myself, like I ought to be further, da da, da da I have to check myself real, real quick, and I get myself real back together. And then the very thing that I want, I get tunnel vision. I get tunnel vision, and and I, and I uh, there is nothing that I want that I don't get. And and, and because something, I, I got so much dog in, I'm a fight till I get it. If I say I want it. I'm so serious about that thing. Like for real. Like I want some hardwood folks. Tap in my them car, out. I don't
0: want to put on credit card. Tap
1: I'm looking at jobs at McDonald's, like I'm gonna work at McDonald's. <laughs> I'm a, you know what
0: I mean? Because I don't I miss When I want know. what I want, I want it because that's the way it is. And you'll I'm be past no ten minutes, come time on. Line, but my own. So
1: you gotta start up your own hustle inside it's you. 12:20. and you gotta get tenacious about that thing and you gotta go get it. No matter at 19 years old, and everybody thought I was going to go home with that little baby. Listen, listen, I had Brian July 1st, and I was back in school August 24th. I never sent him home, and I never set out a semester, and I beasted school. You know why? Because I wanted to, and because everybody thought I could. not And I killed that thing. You understand what I'm saying? So you just, listen, the Lord told me when I got pregnant with Brian, progression may slow down, but it never stops. Right? It never stops. And so you t- – that's the word. you right there. Uh, <laughs> progression never
0: stops, but it may slow down. And so your progress may be slowing down just a little bit. Because we, we got – all right. Thank you. That was a great comment. We got to wrap up. Well, um, Ma'am behind uh, Um, Jocelyn.
1: Oh look. Oh it's
0: a lot of people you know, Oh look at Chris. <laughs> Love you guys. All right, so here's the deal. We're gonna end with Pastor Elwin's segment, but when this is over, we're gonna have to move fast, which means that those of you who typically stand around and talk, you're gonna have to help put up the stuff, me, and that's what we're gonna do. So, Pastor Elwin. So, we just had questions to help people be successful. Here's what I want you to talk about. I want you to talk about things that people can do to improve on their jobs, to get promotions, and when people need to know that it's time for them to go get another job. All right.
5: First thing you can do to improve on your job, and this is gonna sound really simple, and I'm not being sarcastic, it is to learn your job. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of times people have a job and they don't really ever learn the nuances of their job. They're always waiting for somebody to give them direction on what to do next. Uh, if you work for a person like me, you wouldn't work for me very long. And what I mean by that is I, I expect when I hire people, uh, that they will spend as much time learning their job as I am busy learning mine. And so if you always have to come and ask your supervisor or ask your boss what you should do next or what do you think about this or does this look right? If you don't become a person who, who learns the business of your own job, when it's time for promotion, typically people and leadership won't promote you uh, the other thing I think your person you need to do is you, you you need to learn the culture of wherever you work uh, I think it's really important that sometimes we people are very strong about what they will and what they won't do and that I'm not saying that you go to your job and you you become something else but you know I I had to learn it early in my career. I've learned to like people. I didn't used to like people. This is just the truth. I didn't. And so when I was working at this one particular company, it was part of their culture that everybody socialized, that everybody went out uh, after work and everybody went to the bar uh, or everybody went to a restaurant. Well, I didn't want to do that. Well, because I didn't do that, it it really caused me not to be promoted at the rate I could have been because it, it, it came across as though I wasn't. A company guy or I wasn't interested in what the company was doing and so what I realized is I, I took some took some feedback from my wife about it and the next time I had the opportunity what I learned was is that even if I just went and spent 12 minutes and I don't even say 15 12 minutes with them after work, or did that? It created a whole different perception and a whole different persona. And so, if you're going to be in corporate America, if you're not going to, if you're not going to own your own business, then I think it's important that you learn what the culture expectations are. Uh, that you know, and, and I'm not saying, do I'm not saying you got to comply to everything? No, but when I talk to people and they like, you know, they want me to be this, and they want me to be that. I'm like, well, do you want the paycheck? I mean, if you're working there and you want to be promoted and you want to you want to go up the ladder, you do have to get in line to some degree with what that cultural expectation is. That doesn't mean you have to jeopardize anything about your integrity or any of those things. Uh, but it'd be like me saying I want to I be a workout partner with Jimmy, but I wear a suit to the gym every time. That just doesn't make sense. That it, it doesn't fit in with what it is that we're supposed to be doing in the gym. You know what I mean? And so I think it's really important. And some, sometimes we don't know that because I know that my some of my other friends – I'll say it like that. Their parents talk to them about about what that looks like. Um, you know, I, I, I had opportunities before that I should I should have taken to go play golf with certain people. I didn't want to play golf, so I just didn't go. But not realizing that it wasn't the golfing, it was the conversations, it was everything that took place while we were on that golf course that I should have been partaking in. And because I didn't know that when I was younger, it was just like, you know, hey, they, they don't like me too bad for them. Well, you can live like that, but it, 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 it does. As Kenosha say, we talk about that progression being slow, it will make your progression a little slower. I think the other thing when you talk about when we know it's time to move on, uh, I'm a firm believer, and I don't ever tell anybody you have to do this, I'm a firm believer that typically uh, in five to seven years, I think people need to change. Um, I think I think people need to change. Uh, My resume denotes that, uh, you know, (laughs) the long long, I tell people all the time, if you if you in a place, if you go to a place and you get a position and you're in that position for five to seven years and there is no promotion in that position, it, it says to me and to other people that I know, whether you want it to or not, that you are happy just where you are. And so, nobody wants to disrupt you from your happiness. So when it comes time to promoting, they look for other people to promote. Uh, the other thing I'll tell you, and, and the research bears it out too, is that if you're looking to, to raise your level of income, the quickest way to do that is to move jobs. Uh, most people don't promote you from 40000 to 65000 because you get a raise in the same organization. But when you are able to go from job one just paying you forty, and you can negotiate a twenty dollars or $25,000 raise and then you go to the next job and can, and can do that again, especially if you're staying in those jobs three to five years, you're talking about anywhere from a six to ten year cycle in which you've increased your salary from $40,000 to $100,000. I know it works, but if you are a person who is the kind of person who you feel like, well, I ain't going to leave because they gave me a job when I didn't have one, you will always let your emotions. Cause you to stay in a place. I tell people all the time I was looking for a job when I got this one, I'll be looking for one when I leave. I don't ever allow, I don't, because here's the thing there really is no job loyalty. Yeah, OK, we don't live in the dispensation that our grandparents lived in where you worked for a company for 25 years and they will reduce their profits before they let you go. Now, companies are trying to decide how to let you go to increase their profits. And so they, my commitment is to her. So 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 literally I'm in a situation. I'm in a situation where in the next four weeks, if I get an opportunity, I'm letting one go and taking another. I don't care what they got going no I don't mean I'm talking about a job I I said my, I said my commitment is to you so my the only commitment that I have long term literally is to my wife I'm committed to my kids but at some point they're going to grow up and do their own thing too so when it comes to a job I always want to be honorable I always want to do what's right but never at my own detriment so I'll give you two weeks notice if I can, I give you four weeks' notice. But if you come to me and you say, we really need you to stay, and I got an opportunity that's going to pay me 30000 more, the question is how much you want me to stay. Because if you really want me to stay, then I need thirty-five from you. Right. And if you increase by thirty-five, then I'll stay. Why? Because you want me, and I want what you give me. But if it's a matter of this whole thing, well, can you wait until August? Can, no, absolutely not. Because you wouldn't wait till August to let me go if it benefited your bottom line. Right. And so I always approach work from that standpoint, always. And so when people ask me about it, I'm always careful because I, 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 it's like Nietzsche was talking about being a counselor. You don't want to tell people what to do. But I tell people real quick, I, you know, if you got a better opportunity, okay. bye. You're
1: excellent.
5: Yeah, and I, and I think I think the issue is most, you're right, I try to be excellent at my job. I, I believe in, in, in learning my job and learning it well and doing what I could do. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are excellent at their job, but they become afraid to leave because of the security that they think they have.
0: So two more things. One, tell them what you told Jen when she negotiated for her job and what you told her as soon as she found out that they accepted her negotiation. Do you remember? I don't. Okay, so he helps Jen negotiate for a job. He helps her figure out what she should ask for. The moment that she tells him that they, that they gave her what she wanted, he told her in, what, the next 18 months, two, two years, that you needed to, that she needed to make more money. He sent her into accepting it, knowing that she wasn't staying. Like, that literally has to be your mentality, that you have to understand. You, listen, if you want to be successful in anything, you got to know the game. You gotta understand the game of corporate America if you go play. You can leverage corporate America very well if you understand it. It can help you. But if you think that corporate America is like your mama and they got that kind of loyalty, you're gonna screw yourself. Can mm-hmm. you say that in church? You're gonna screw yourself. And so you don't wanna do that. But the other thing, because this is my absolute favorite thing that I think has changed the game for me and Ralph and a couple of other people, tell us how much we should make. This is my favorite
5: thing right now. So here. I had a lady, her name is, and I always say her name, because I, I, her name is Dr. Charity Smith. I think I was 27, maybe. 27. 20, I think I was 27 years old. And I interviewed for a position. And I got the job. And I, had ne- I was just glad I got the job. And when we talk, started talking about salary, I just kind of said, well, what does your job pay? Because that's kind of, you know, I never ne- negotiated a salary before. And she basically said to me, young man, you never ask what the job pays. You always need to know, what you're worth. She says, I'm going to tell you how to determine your worth in case you don't know. She said, if you can do the job, she said, you ought to make at least what your age is. She said, and if you are good at the job, you should require twice your age. She said, and if you are excellent at what you do, she said, you should require three times your age. She said, now how old are you? And I told her I was 27. She said, how much you wanna make? I didn't get it. I was like, well, how much did the job pay? <laughs> I was slow, I was slow. She said, I'm gonna ask you again, young man, how much do you wanna make? And it dawned on me. She, she's fixing to take me from a teacher's salary, making $32,000. And she's fixing to take me to a place that's gonna cause me to make twice what my age is. I didn't have enough guts, but I should have asked for three times. If I knew what I knew now, I would have. But I asked for twice my age, and that's what they paid me. And when I got the job, Charity Smith was my boss, and she told me, you can't stay here but two years. She said, you can't stay. I don't know what you're going to do next. We'll figure it out, but you can't stay here but two years. She said, and in two years, when you go to your next job, you make them pay you twice your age, plus more than what you're making right now. And she said, don't ever take another job. She told me, she said, don't ever take another job, and they don't pay you ten dollars to $12,000. She said, it's not worth the move. It won't show up in your paycheck. So, so I've never taken another job, and they've not increased my salary by at least $12,000 because she said it's not worth it, because you don't, you don't she said it's basically a lateral move if you do that. If you take a job and they paying you 55, and you get a job making 60, you, you really haven't done anything. The whole purpose of moving jobs is to increase your salary. So you need to make 10 or $12,000 more. And part of it is, I think for a lot of people, we're afraid to ask for it. But, 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 but most of you will realize this, the moment you ask for it and they give it to you, what's your next thought? dang, I should have asked for more, right, because they'd have gave you more. They would have, but if you don't ask, you don't get, and that's the reason why you'll see someone, uh, and it works a little different in education sometimes, but that's why you'll see somebody who will get a job, and that person will come in making more than what you made, and you've been there five years, because they left a job, and when you leave a job, it's the power of negotiation. They want you. They already know what they can spend for the job now, I'm not saying you can take a job where they would normally pay forty and you ask for 250. I mean that's that's a little different but but when you're talking a couple you know ten twenty thousand dollars, if they want you, they'll pay it and that was the hardest thing for me to get in my mind that when I got ready to ask for a job that that, that I knew sometimes they was paying the last person 110, but yet I'm asking for 150. It's like well, why, what makes you think they'll pay you forty thousand dollars more? because I'm excellent at what I do, and I've gotten this far in the process, and they must think so too. So I think that's part of the mentality you have to have.
0: So as we recap, let us recap If you're not going to be
5: a a, a business owner, which I'm trying to get to.
0: If you're not going to be a business owner. But even in that, you still have to negotiate. But everything he said, you know, like I work really diligently to be really good at what I do. And the thing is, is that like when I first started out, I didn't charge what I charge now. But what I found out is that people would pay it. And yeah. then I started finding out that, like, I was trying to figure out whether somebody would pay me $100 an hour and people were like, we'll pay you 150 an hour. Well, bam, let's rock with that. And then I found out that people would pay me for the year. And then, I, I mean, like, you don't know until you put yourself in there. Because here's the thing. You don't want to get paid for your hour. You want to get paid for your value.
5: Yeah. That's right. We
0: do not, that, that's as a right. church, we want to move. Right. We do not want to be paid right. for our hour. We do not want to be paid for the hour of our time. We want to be paid for the value that we put into the hour. That's right. When you make $9.75 an hour, they pay you that because that's how much value they think you bring to the hour. If you make $500 an hour, it's because that's how much value they think you bring to the, to the, to the hour. So you want to constantly increase your expertise so people are willing to pay you more. Right? Right. Let's recap. God is good. He is our redeemer. We are forgiven, right? This is a season of increase. He is going to increase us in land and land, right? Integrity matters. If you need mental health help, please go get it. If you need to do better in school, You know, we got people who treat it like a job. You got Jimmy and Angel who want to work with the teens. You got Ralph and April and Nietzsche who all did really well in school, get you some help and get over in in college students in order to do that. Um, If you're working at a job and you've been there – Three years, you need to be working on your next move. Um, the next time you go, you need to be prepared to negotiate. You want to be successful. We're talking about how to get to be a ten percent giver and how to save ten percent. Some of you just a move in your job would make you have the ten percent in one of them or the twenty percent. And so we want to do that. So today, Tina is going to have a meeting for the team. A short meeting. She said a very short meeting for people who are gonna sign up to be team mentors. One of the things I would encourage you college students to do is go sign up and be college, be mentors. Pour into somebody else. What you make happen for somebody else, God will make happen for you. And you and I believe that when you pour into somebody else, you'll actually get to see what value you actually have. So you guys should sign up with Tina to do that. We love you guys. We need the men to help get the stuff packed up. Let's go for the next people come. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that we've heard. We thank you for every person that is struggling with any issue. I thank you that courage has been found to go get whatever help that we need. We thank you that we are going to be better three months from now than we are today. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you.